Welcome to Foothills Youth Podcast, where we help people follow Jesus. I hope these resources are a blessing to you. We are a student ministry based out of Northwest Calgary, and our hope, our desire, is that we see students become resilient disciples in a post-Christian nation. So may this podcast just be a blessing to you in your journey. Live. All right. Welcome, Ben Elliott, to the podcast. This is new. This is fun. I'm excited about this. Thank you for giving your time. That's a beautiful hat. So you an awesome. Oilers fan? Hey, or like- thanks, for, thanks for having me on, Andrew. Uh, my name is Ben Elliott. I grew up at Foothills Alliance Church, so um, I know some of your parents. Uh, but I haven't had the chance to be at youth for a lot of years now. Um, uh, but I'm glad to be back. Thanks for inviting me on, Andrew. And I Absolutely. brought a friend. I brought a friend today. You brought Can a bring friend. A friend into the camera. Please bring your friend into the camera. Okay, just a sec. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, sorry. My friend has a handler. Okay. So oh. <laughs> this uh, this is my oh oh she's a little bit of a biter. Uh, Amazing. So I brought my emotional support. Oh, no, don't bite me. Don't bite me. Don't bite me. <laughs> I, brought, I brought an emotional support animal. Amazing. Does she have the vest yet? No. <laughs> you would be surprised. They're sold out in this size. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is our uh, guinea pig. She's new. So she doesn't. She doesn't like me very much, um, but we really like her. She's got like cool swirly fur. Yeah. Oh, 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 me. Okay, you better come back around. Ow, 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 ow. How, how on a scale of one to 10, like how painful are those bites? Uh, those were just nips. Okay. Um, painful? Uh, <laughs> they're pretty painful. So in the comments, do you have comments on this? Like, can you, uh, we will, we won't, uh, while they're watching, they should be able to comment uh, underneath. Yeah. So we're taking comments. Uh, Andrew will give you a great prize. If you can come up with a name for our Guinea pig. I was going to ask if she had a name yet. This is yeah. so exciting. Yeah. We've, we've had her for like two months almost and still no name. We're terrible at naming. That's okay. Uh, my daughter is terrible at naming. Uh, <laughs> she says, so we, we still need a name uh, for the pig. The last pigs were named after food, s'mores and Oreo. Uh, so we, you know, we like food Cookies? names, but we like creative names, creative, okay. more creative for the better. So amazing. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to comment below. We'll even do an Instagram like questionnaire to see after we post this and just see what people say. And I will send you, we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll zoom again and we'll, uh, we'll go over the names and see which one's the best. And if we, if we kind of had like a McSweeney's list where they're all listed out and then you could say like, was this name recommended for my baby or recommended for them <laughs> guinea pig? And they could say like A, B, A, both. Um, I think that would, could also be a fun activity. That would also be incredibly fun. Let's name, let's name my kid and Ben's guinea pig in the same go. Two, bir- two, uh, two birds, the same name. Or the same name. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> That's good. Uh, oh. I, brought, I brought soup. Amazing. Um, Amazing. So Ben, where are you these days and what are you doing? So I'm in Red Deer. Um, 
I live in Red Deer, uh, where it's still snowy. I don't know how it is where you guys are, but it is snowing right now. Um, we've been in Red Deer for almost five years, and I'm the senior pastor at Deer Park Alliance Church in Red Deer. So we're up here, and it's it's good times. My kids are in school up here. I've got two kids who are teenagers, um, which is awesome and exciting and terrifying because I still kind of feel like a teenager. Like I've, I've got a hooded sweatshirt just like you do today. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I, I got the uniform right. Wait a sec. Yeah, you're good. Hey, <laughs> there we go. I should go grab my Oilers hat. <laughs> yeah. This is, I, I'm trying to dress to the occasion. Yes. Uh, but when you have teenagers, you are not a teenager. Like mm. when you are a teenager, you can have a child, but you can't have a teenager. So nice. fair. pretty certain that I am not a teenager anymore. Yeah, that's okay. We'll grieve with you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time and coming in. Originally, the plan was that you were actually going to be at youth and then this whole COVID-19 situation happened. So we're, we're doing the best with what we've got. But uh, what we were talking about before all of this went, went down at senior high, we were, we were going through a, uh, a, a series called, somebody came up with a witty idea, theme who shall not be named, a little bit of a Harry Potter reference. Uh, and basically what we were doing is we were going through some of the stuff that we don't often talk about at church. And uh, we'd Voldemort. hit, yeah, yeah, that's right. We never talk about Voldemort at church. And I don't know why. Um, but we were hitting topics like does, is, we, we brought in people like Colin Toffmeyer to say, like, to talk about, does God look different in the Old Testament versus the New Testament and some stuff on Revelation and some of those heavier topics that um, sometimes we don't ever talk about, at least not in my growing up in the church, did we ever. So um, you're, you're here and you're, you're going to tell us a little bit about your story. So why don't you start by giving us a little bit of a background um, for those who haven't read the title of this podcast or this video, we're talking about mental health. Uh, it's a big issue. And, and seemingly um, these days, I, I think this is even a hotter topic with people being stuck inside and, and perhaps family situations are complicated. And um, so being together 24 seven, maybe some of you who are watching this are in that. Um, so just know that we love you. We're here for you. We're praying for you. Uh, and, and our prayer for, for Ben's story is just to say, A, you're not alone, um, and that Jesus does have a role to play in this story as well. Well, and I think, Andrew, I am 100% uh, in agreement. In fact, if you're watching this video, you don't need to watch the end of the story. <laughs> I can tell you right now, you are loved. Mm. And... Um, you are allowed to not have all the details of life figured out. You know, we at uh, Deer Park, our Deer Park Church a couple of weeks ago, uh, just as last week, or I don't know, time seems to be fine. Mm. Um, we were talking about the Old Testament as well, about uh, King David. You know, King David was like a good guy, like killed Goliath, was pure, followed the Lord's heart, um, you know, made some big uh, life, massive life mistakes, but then always was open to repent. But there's one little story in First uh, Samuel 25, actually like 24 or 25, where David has been kind of like chased out of the kingdom and he's forced to live in a cave. He can't go visit his parents because it's not safe. Does this start to sound familiar? Can't go visit anyone. 
He's living in this cave with 400 other guys. Now I've got, we've got two guys and two girls in the house. So we at least have to, you know, wake up in the morning and, and uh, show dignity towards one another. Like we, you know, have to get up and get dressed, but I'm here to tell you, I think 400 guys living in a cave is going to be like a bad scenario. Dude, so eventually it comes to harvest time. You can read this at first Samuel 25. It comes to harvest time and uh, they say, Hey, the, the, they're shearing sheep down the road. They're having a big party. Maybe we could like buy some of their bread or raisin cakes or something. And David goes, that's a great idea. Send some of the guys and give them encouragement and congratulations. And just ask if we could like buy some groceries off them. Um, and they say, no, sorry, we're out of groceries. Also sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, and they come back and they tell that to David. And David freaks. He literally freaks out. He says, strap on your sword. Someone's going to die today. I can't get groceries. Like that is literally. Uh, I've seen some of that on Instagram these days. <laughs> yeah. So people are like facing that thing. Even King David, you put him in a cave and the all the stuff that sometimes simmers below the surface, mm. the temperature only has to raise a little bit and the, you know, the lid can kind of uh, boil off. So yeah. I know that in our own family and I mean, I'm really encouraged that the Bible is such an honest book mm. and the church is at its best. It's such an honest place um, where you can say, I am not always perfect, mm. but God is always present. Uh, in that. So I wanted to bring on our pocket pig today. Um, she likes to travel as kind of emotional support animal in Flora's pocket. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other day, because the pig hates me, I got, I wonder if you could still see it. I got this tiny bite Oof. on my finger. There you go. You can kind of yeah, see that little bite. That's a grievous wound. From, um, <laughs> That was my guinea pig bite from the other day. And it hurt surprisingly a lot. Yeah. But it actually made me think about uh, my own story. Um, uh, it was kind of like a victory for me because I got bit by the guinea pig and I just went to the cupboard and got a Band-Aid and I washed my hands and put on a Band-Aid and I was okay. And that seems like a small and normal thing to do to get bit by your guinea pig. Right. I remember probably about five years ago, we lived in Indonesia before we came home to Canada. Mm. Um, and about five years ago, I was, uh, we had a guinea pig um, in uh, Indonesia as well. And uh, the guinea pig nipped flora like that. That didn't even break the skin, but like nipped her and she went ow. And, uh, uh, I, you know, we said, what happened? They said, oh, the guinea pig nipped me. Uh, and surprisingly enough for me that all of a sudden that was like a trigger of like a major mental health kind of crash. And mm -hmm. literally I spent the next like 36 hours locked in my room like I, I could not cope uh because of like the fear and pressure of what has happened to my kid if she gets rabies she's gonna die we can't have a pet what if she gets bit like all those thoughts started to like swirl around 
uh, in my head, but our guinea pig had not been exposed to rabies uh, and is not a rabid guinea pig. Um, uh, and basically they can't get rabies, I think. <laughs> uh, our guinea pig got bit by a cat one time, but that killed oh. him. So that, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it's, uh, they're fragile. They're a fragile right. animal. Did you, right. eat the, did you eat guinea pigs when you guys went to Peru? Yes. Okay. I actually got to try guinea pig once and it was an experience. I have to admit, uh, I wasn't as big of a fan of it as Nicole was. I found, uh, I ate, like, they, they give you the whole thing. They basically have gutted it, and they just, I don't know, they bake it, however they, however they roast it. Awesome. And, yeah, we had, we had some of the unspeakable parts still there. And I got to tell you, um, it's, it's, it's a time. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm thrilled that that's what happened. <laughs> so. We didn't, uh, we didn't eat our guinea pig. That was supposed to be my like gentle transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So starting about like 2013, um, I think I've always had like fragile spots, Andrew, in my own uh, heart. And they've come, at, uh, they've come up um, in different ways. But in 2013, it was a year before the guinea pig story, um, or six months, I contracted dengue fever, which is like a mosquito-borne uh, illness. Um, and it can make you very sick, but you kind of get over it. Um, uh, in some ways, like it kind of feels like what we're going through right now. Mm. Um, but the after effect was that the high fever triggered a, a long-term like mental health decline for me that was punctuated with these sharp drop-offs. Mm. It was like the baseline got lower and lower and lower, and then something would happen and the floor would drop out. Uh, and it could be anything. I remember we were home the following year at Christmas Eve uh, with Carrie's uh, relatives. And uh, I mean, I think my wife's relatives could always, no, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who could feel stressed out visiting their relatives at Christmas? Time? Right, I don't know. <laughs> no one uh, could. No, uh, of course not. Especially but, any of my in-laws are watching this, that would never be the yeah, case. Definitely not. Um, I was treated with a lot of grace, but on that day, something happened. I don't even know what it was. And it triggered like a, a super significant like spiral. And I had to leave. They only lived like a couple blocks away. Uh, but actually, even physically, I could barely make it home. I was, I was like, <sighs> like sobbing and wailing. And, you know, I was like totally messed up, you know, mm. in a good time of year. Yeah. Um, and so when all this happened and sort of the crashes became closer and closer together and the decline got lower and lower. Uh, you ended up, I ended up living in this world where I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know how to get any help. It was getting worse and worse. And then knowing that it's worse and worse, I know that I'm hurting people, hurting the people around me. Um, and I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to help it. Um, I, 
I remember one day uh, just sitting at my desk at a, like a home desk. So I wasn't in my office, I was teaching then. And I remember just like holding my desk and just like probably screaming out in a way that like terrified like my family, like somebody help me. Like just feeling that whatever it is that like holds me together was just uh, all unraveling. And even to today, um, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm in charge of a medium-sized church, uh, more or less. Um, sometimes I get comments like, you're not exactly like every other senior pastor I meet. <laughs> uh, is there a mold? <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there a pattern? I don't know. There, there's a pattern for youth ministry. I don't mm -hmm. have my water bottle. But, That's right. Um, I got my glasses and my plaids upstairs. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but God opened the door just like uh, God worked with David, even though sometimes David faced real crisis. And sometimes I read the Psalms and I think, well, a lot of times I read the Psalms and go, I find myself there. Mm. You know, I read the Psalms as a teenager, actually. I didn't really understand them. Like, I mean, I understood the language, but yeah. I didn't understand them kind of like at the heart level. Mm. Um, but into my 20s and certainly into today, I go, now I understand. And uh, if you have struggled with mental health, you may know that story where there's some people that you, you can just tell ahead of time, you understand, or you are safe to talk to, mm. or also you maybe don't understand, and maybe it's not safe to have this conversation uh, right there. So the encouragement is if you are facing even really severe challenges um, there is another side to them there is hope and grace and life and work and family and pets and everything um, even in ways that you one time couldn't that uh, uh, if i can just say you can have a job and uh struggle with your mental health and you can help others and struggle with your mental health and have a family successful or less, you know, marriage and kids. And, uh, you could be dashingly good looking and struggle with your mental health. Like that's, this is, um, uh, something I thought I'd get a bigger laugh from that. I was like wanting to make sure that I, I take and be sensitive, but also I was like, what I was going to say, I was like, that sounds exactly like your situation right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. So <clears throat> I brought just a few points and we're being careful not to like, we don't want to go long. No, but actually before you get to those points, can I ask you a question? Yeah, totally. Um, in and around um, when you, when you began to have these crashes as, as a Christian, did you feel guilty that you were hmm. experiencing this level of brokenness? Cause the things that I sometimes hear is, you know, why, why do I suffer from this? Um, when a my family seems to be together or um situationally everything seems to be okay but for some reason i'm the one who's broken or or the the opposite effect where where the situation isn't maybe as ideal um but there's this there's this guilt that comes like almost as if you're the burden and and you're wrestling with 
with how do I share this without, you know, um, dumping on people. And I think maybe that's the biggest reason sometimes maybe people don't talk about it is that they feel like they're isolated or alone or they're, they're the only ones. Uh, yeah, I, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I have often felt like I'm wrecking things. Mm. Um, and I know that I can't fix the feelings, but you still do feel like bad. Like it's like, I'm like, how many times, hundreds of times I've said, like, I'm sorry, I know I am wrecking this, mm. but I don't know how to not, I don't know how to not wreck it. Or, I'm sorry for asking for help again. I need help again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to, um, but I need it. If, if, if I don't get help today, I'm going to go way down. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, that was one of the things we had, we ended up talking through uh, in our family is it's really open. So on good days, um, uh, my wife and my kids are totally allowed. It's a free for all to talk about it or like make fun of me even, um, which I think is really healthy. You know, we mm. can tease about it and, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I'm late dropping them off for school, <laughs> they can say, it's okay, dad, I'll just tell them it's because of your mental health. Like, they'll, they'll never ask. <laughs> So, oh, so my kids are a little merciless in that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, uh, but we also, I try and express, but not overexpress because it's not fair to dump on mm. other people. But you mm. can say, I'm doing bad. Plan. Can I have help with this? Not just like a straight up dump. So it's no. more like, I'm doing bad. Um, I'm like medium bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you call this person for me and tell them that I can't come, you know, mm-hmm. and that opens a door for someone else to help in like a practical way. And then yeah. for myself, I can kind of remove myself from a situation that'll mm-hmm. push me into mm-hmm. a harder place. Yeah. That's, I appreciate your honesty in that too. I think that what I'm hearing is you're saying, that it is it's it, there is need for honesty and asking for help asking it in that that practical way that that you you do need it um and it's okay to ask and there's ways in which you can ask and that can in the moment even bring some sort of reprieve i think yeah thanks yeah and, and did you have another question no that was that was uh, ready to go to your points that was a good one well and what that was my like uh my first point was just to say, brilliant, my friends, it is okay that you are not okay. Mm. And as a Christian person, it is okay. Uh, it does not mean that your life is, is filled with sin or that you are to blame. Um, uh, particularly like depression and anxiety. Some of it comes from within I call like the dark cloud. Like uh, I feel like a black cloud moving. It does not matter what the circumstances are. The black cloud um, kind of moves in and it's just there. 
but then there's also circumstance stuff. So the black cloud side and the circumstance side both contribute to the uh, situation, both contribute to like what we're doing. And so sometimes one can be good or the other one can be good. So, and people sometimes will say things that they mean to be helpful, but actually are, you know, extraordinarily hurtful. Like, well, didn't you see that the sun's coming out today? Or didn't you see that I heard the weather's changing tomorrow? Or mm. um, didn't you get that email or uh, uh, whatever? Uh, and it doesn't help. It just makes you feel worse because it's like, well, of course I know that. Don't you see the black cloud is here and I can't help it. So mm. the first thing is to say, even as a Christian person and a Christian young person, um, it is okay to feel not okay. And by not okay, uh, for those of you, I'm so glad for everyone who has like not struggled with their mental health, but also um, like I, I consider in a group or whoever's watching, I know for sure that many of you have faced these challenges, have had days when uh, for the first time ever, all of a sudden like, uh, a thought of suicide or a thought of self-harm comes into your heart and then even if it's just fleeting afterwards you feel guilty even for having those thoughts mm -hmm. and the first thing to, to know is that you don't have to lock that uh, up which transitions to the second point which is you need to find someone to talk to and I get I was glad Andrew invited me uh, I get to share once in a while about um, my own story uh, and my pitch is usually this if you have absolutely no one else in this world to talk to you can call me but uh, and I want you to know I will pick up the phone um, but I will try and I will work with you to find someone who is like in your regular circle who is safe to talk to and uh, Andrew and I have been friends, although from a distance, for a number of years now. And his wife and my wife have been friends for a long time since. Yeah. Um, Carrie was Nicole's life group leader once upon a time. <laughs> so like a long, 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 long time ago. Uh, that was ages ago. Now, now my kids will be your kid's babysitter instead uh, of no. your wife being my kid's babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad um, that this in-person thing didn't work out because I was stoked to have Blaze with us. Exactly, exactly. Uh, he looks different when you're not changing his diaper. Um, <laughs> 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 Maybe we can edit that out. Maybe we won't edit that. Maybe we'll put a picture and post. We'll just know. leave it, I'll yeah. <laughs> just leave that out there. Um, but if you are facing real hard circumstances, there are people to talk to and Andrew and Nicole are two of those people. And if they uh, are not able to kind of like walk with you on the journey, they can help find someone who is there. I understand that it can be hard to talk to your parents and my parents are actually really sympathetic, but sometimes they like from time to time, they are say, trying to say helpful things and they say hurtful things, mm. not because they're bad people, but they're parents and sometimes, well, as it turns out, the real truth is parents just don't understand. So yeah. Um, yeah. that was actually a DJ Jazzy Jeff reference. So we'll put his picture up in post right there. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, 
so find help. Um, I found that you have to kind of sometimes push yourself out of yourself to find help. Mm. Make a phone call. Um, there are helps I know in Alberta Health Services, specifically for teens who are struggling with mental health and for young adults and adults who are struggling with mental health. You can pick up the phone and talk to like an actual person and get started on that pathway. I have walked through that as a Christian person. I know that's kind of like embarrassing and uh, yeah, to like go to the clinic and say, I think I'm struggling with my mental health. Can I talk to somebody? Mm -hmm. But uh, you can have those conversations. And if you are feeling like you are in any way, if you are a think that you might be a risk to your own safety or the safety of others, the very best thing you can do is go to the hospital or mm -hmm. you can call the public health nurse uh, on the phone at 811, I think. Yep. Um, and if it is an emergency, you can call 911 and they will come and get you because you are, uh, you are worth rescue. Mm -hmm. um, that's the whole point of the Christian story is that God looks at us and we say, I am so broken. And God says, you are worth rescuing, even if it seems like a big cost. On those days, don't count the cost. And also, if you are a friend, if you have a friend who comes to you who is trying to maybe breach the subject and doesn't know how to say it and says like, yeah, I think I'm just kind of like struggling with my mental health. <laughs> um, um, uh, the best thing you can do is say, well, how is that going? And listen, you know, mm -hmm. uh, one of the best things we do is be that friend. I, it took me a while to find friends that I knew I could talk to. And as a friend, your friend doesn't need you to solve the problem. They just need to tell it to someone because there's so many people you can't. Uh, tell it to. Yeah. Um, and there is, there is uh, spiritual help, there's friendship help, and there's medical help. And I think facing a real mental health crisis involves all three. As a Christian person, you don't have to avoid medication or avoid counseling. Um, I have done both those things. Um, and sometimes when people uh, end up talking to me, if I'm walking to someone on the journey, one of the conversations that we always have is like, oh, did you take this? I'm like, ah, I didn't take that, but I took this. How'd you like this? Well, what pill did you take here? Uh, because many people have been on a journey where it wasn't the first or second, it was like the 10th or the, like for me, like the 15th, like different thing that they tried that was able to really help me mm -hmm. get on top of mm -hmm. things. And my doctor said, the goal is that this medication can like help with the black cloud. Mm -hmm. um, to allow your mind to kind of like heal and reset. Um, and also there can be kind of a stigma. Yeah, I mean, and I'm always very careful. I'm not very careful today. I don't know who will watch this video, but I'm very careful in person-to-person -person conversations who I talk to about uh, questions about medication um, because it's private. It's a private and personal matter, and that is good. Uh, and I'm careful who I talk to about uh, counseling and social help and behavioral uh help um because 
that can be a sensitive that can be a sensitive matter too for people. There are people who would say that a Christian person should not kind of like draw from or use like uh, cognitive behavioral uh, therapy or something like that. And I would I would firmly disagree. I would mm. say that God has put science and medicine around us um, and scientists and doctors. Uh, to help us. We need to be wise. I do firmly avoid using like, um, like I will meditate on scripture and no problem <laughs> uh, as long as I can like keep my meditation focused, but I don't do any uh, emptying meditation or any of that kind of stuff because I, I do think there is danger of using uh, other religious practices, mm -hmm. but as far as uh, uh, cognitive therapy practices, I found it's been, it's been, extremely helpful um and uh if someone who is like a, another christian in your life maybe who hasn't struggled with this uh says no you shouldn't you know yeah who would ever go talk to a counselor and you're going to a counselor and you're thinking that like underneath the surface mm -hmm. i would encourage you just to kind of like smile and nod along and pull yourself through that conversation and then talk about it with your counselor yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Everyone has different kind of tools, I think, that work. Uh, and for me, the journey of like the last five or six years has been figuring out what tools I could put in my toolbox uh, that help me. And many of the things that have been suggested to me um, uh, are are terrible like one of them uh, which may be your thing so you will have to like talk to your counsel about this situation but they said like imagine you've got a big foam sword and you can just chop that fear right in half and i thought not helpful for me <laughs> like that wasn't the, <laughs> that wasn't the best thing uh but that very same person also shared something that was hugely helpful for me um which was in a crisis situation, what are your five senses doing as a way to distract yourself? Mm. Think of five things you can see, four things you can touch, yeah. three things you can smell, mm, I forget what the other sense is, um, and then one thing you can taste. And he said, yeah. and so always keep a mint in your pocket. If you can make it through all five, then you get to eat a mint. <laughs> well, nice. That's a good strategy. Yeah. But you can remember, I feel like I'm swirling under control, but I'm still in the world. I can mm. see stuff. I kind of ground myself. And also, um, uh, he convinced me to do like deep breathing. And I'm like, I do not need deep breathing. If I'm like eight or nine out of 10 on the bad scale, I do not like, that is not going to bring me back to one. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I'm feeling good. One deep yeah. breath. Great. <laughs> Um, he said, well, you have to count. I said, it does not matter if I count. <laughs> right now. Uh, and he said, well, the goal is not to go from nine to zero. It's like, what if you can go from nine to eight and three quarters? And I said, all right, I will try and get to eight and three quarters. Because then if you're at eight and three quarters, maybe you could get to eight and one quarter. Um, and that was really helpful. But there is no magic... Uh, pill there's no medicine that magically makes you feel good uh it helps uh and there's no one strategy uh from like a cognitive side that helps you have to do your homework you have mm -hmm. to be really obedient if you have a very close friend that you know well who you know is is taking uh 
regular uh, medication, I think in a very safe friendship, you can say, hey, how is it going with your medication you're taking these days? Um, that isn't a question for every friendship, but yeah. with a very close friendship, that's actually helpful to be able to talk about that and say, like, I got this uh, uh, side effect like shakiness. Um, and it was really, really hard for me to deal with. Um, and I dealt with weight gain. Uh, so, you know, that was really hard for me to deal with. Um, so with it, with a close friend, you can talk about that kind of stuff, but the, the pills don't solve things. And, and, uh, uh, behavioral cognitive behavioral stuff doesn't magically solve stuff. But you have to do your homework. You have to invest in it and kind of like get better and figure out what is going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And actually, even having someone pray for you one time or uh, finding someone, friends, you should have someone pray for you and have habits where every day you open up a, a portion of your life and say, God, would you be here? Um, but that doesn't magically solve things either. If you pray 10 times and you still have hard days, then you are in the same category as me. And we will, we will go in this together, my friend. Um, uh, I have found that one of the most successful things for me has been to find a, uh, I call it like a self-affirming sentence. Um, and I tried a whole bunch of them, like uh, I'm great, or I love me, or Ben, you're a success, or you look dashingly handsome. Or, you know, that whatever. Oilers hat, yes. With that Oilers hat, ding. Um, uh, and the thing was that I did not uh, believe any of those things. Mm. And so that wasn't, um, uh, that didn't, work or help or whatever um but uh i did eventually find for myself something that i really believed and actually that is too close to the heart to share so i won't share That's you one totally okay of yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so what would you what would you say then um in but i will say, i will say as a as an alternate i think that uh I look back over my life and I realized that I had uh, used both kind of like ideas influenced by the fact that like God is with me and sometimes just like words of scripture uh, as like a self-affirming phrase. So I'm starting to like build my library. So mm -hmm. Psalm 118, um, 18, I'll look at the window because it will make me all like tear up, but Psalm 118 says, um, God has punished me severely, but he has not given me over to death. And so that's like one of the gloomier verses of scripture. But that verse actually gave me real hope because that, that on some days expresses where I'm at. Mm. I feel like somehow God is allowing me to be crushed, but he has not given me over to death. Like there's hope in there. Um, and, uh, Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10 says, let the one who walks in the dark and has no light 
trust in the Lord and rely on his God. And all you who light fires for yourself, this is what you will receive from my hand. You will lie down in distress. Um, and so finding those pieces of scripture that spoke right to my heart. Uh, and as a pastor, I'm kind of trained to like use the whole of scripture or say, well, I should read three chapters a day or five chapters a day or some kind of thing. But for me, and I've learned since um, that there is a long, long tradition in the Christian faith of for you having one verse that you keep close to your heart. Um, uh, and that can make a huge difference. I went, <laughs> I uh, went through a period of about three months where the only scripture I read, I just kind of like stuck it in my heart. Oh Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm -hmm. uh, so that I probably wouldn't have passed ordination with those devotions. Uh, but yeah, it was a time when God was working in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage you to, with a friend you really, really trust, um, with someone you can really, really talk to, kind of open your heart to say, what is one word of truth that I really believe about myself that gives me hope in challenging times? And what is one word of scripture that I even... Uh, Right on a card. Uh, I won't read it out here, but uh, uh, if you look at Matthew 28, 13, about the lost sheep, uh, well, Jesus says, if a shepherd has, nine, has 100 sheep and loses one, won't he go and find that one sheep who is lost and rejoice more over that than all the 99 who were safe at home the whole time? Mm. And that's just such a huge encouragement to my heart. And um, like you guys are my friends even though we are at a distance but if you feel like every single person around me the 99 is totally safe and sound and i am totally lost you need to know that god's priority is to say they are good i got one sheep to find and he is looking for you because you are worth rescue so those are my those are my points we went 13 minutes too long Okay. <laughs> Amazing. I, I appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability and the truth that you share so much. Um, that is just, you've ministered even just to me uh, in this as well. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, and I just want to say thank you for your time, for your story, for your honesty and vulnerability. I know that this will be, will speak to people. Um, uh, Jesus will use it. And and so I just want to say on behalf of Foothills Youth, thank you, Ben, for giving us your time. Awesome. Hey, uh, on behalf of like me and my family, we love you guys. You guys have like a very like soft place in our heart. Um, we love your leaders. Uh, we love old Pastor Ian. He has helped us in like invisible ways that like most people would not know about like again and again. And like the ministry of the church has walked with us for a long time. So it's uh, very easy to kind of like come and share. It feels like sharing with family. So yeah, glad to be awesome. here. Sweet. Thanks so much.